0: Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Um, if you have not seen our previous episodes This might make a little more sense if you had. Or you can watch this, see if it has any interest for you at all. And if it does, go back and look at some of those. But I'm going to review real quick. Uh, First session. um, Jesus shows up on the scene. Sermon on the Mount. Most famous sermon ever given. And says, I'm here. I'm here to shake things up. And here's kind of uh, the way it's going to be and it ends with be perfect, okay? Which is really taking the old law even further into legalism, Uh, but it is not the whole story because it's not time yet for the whole story, okay? Uh, The second time, we talked about how we're built for relationships and love. That's how our body, our mind, our health Uh, works at its best. If we live any other way except prioritizing relationships and love, we malfunction. And then it's not a matter of if we're going to get sick or have mental or emotional issues or whatever. It's when are you going to get sick. Because you are for sure going to get sick if you're not living in a way that prioritizes relationships and love but prioritizes seek pleasure and avoid pain and what's in it for me. Okay? Uh, The third session. We are also programmed for seek pleasure and avoid pain. Just like we're programmed for love, we're programmed for seek pleasure and avoid pain. And this was our illustration from last week. You kind of uh, you're at a crossroads every day and a hundred times a day with what we think, what we feel, what we believe, what we do or don't do and then we feel guilty or we feel proud of ourselves or we feel like, oh, just got through another day. Let me numb myself for four hours with television and then start it all over again. And I'm basically just getting through my days. And really, every day, every multiple times a day, it's the same decision. Do I take the high road or the low road? Do I choose uh, seek pleasure, avoid pain, instant gratification? what's in it for me? Or do I choose love in the present moment, regardless of whether the end result I get is more painful or less pleasurable, okay? And that goes from big things, like having an affair or not having an affair, um, uh, telling the truth and dealing honestly with people. It it goes from the big ones to the little ones, like, am I going to take out the garbage? Am I going to let someone in in traffic? Uh, Micro and macro decisions every single day, all right? And for the most part, every one of them is this same decision: choose love, delayed gratification, doing what is win-win-win for everyone concerned, uh, prioritizing other people and and their feelings and emotions and needs equal to mine, sometimes even above mine. All right, Um, or all about me. Okay, and I can be all about me about one issue in my life and be quite loving about another one. Okay, now that puts us into internal conflict which is even more stress and also if I'm, if I'm choosing the low road seek pleasure, avoid pain, what's in it for me pretty consistently, then I'm, I'm probably living two different people. I'm one thing internally, but I'm presenting to other people something else uh, for social acceptance or religious acceptance or to not rock the boat because that's the way I was raised, whatever, all right? And that takes massive energy every day to act, basically, like someone that you're not for... Other reasons. Okay? You need to be one person, the same person outside that you are inside. That puts you in harmony with yourself, lowers stress, makes your day a heck of a lot easier. Okay. Uh, but every day it's basically that decision. Alright? And that didn't seem that complicated, does it? And and, and then the, the fourth one was we're at this crossroad. Every day, multiple times a day. So that didn't seem that complicated. Choose the high road. Okay, we're done. (laughs) Well, it's not quite that simple. All right, so let's look at the problem. The problem is that in the psychology, self help world, trying to change your life. there's roughly a 97% failure rate. And that goes back 40-45 years. And all the biggest name uh, authors and speakers and includes all of them. 97% failure rate. There was a time with the Healing Codes that I started having a lot of people call me to work on success failure issues. They'd call and say, hey, my gallbladder's better. Thanks a lot. Can you help me with a success or failure issue now? And I didn't really want to do that because we had our hands full, really more than full, just working with people working on health issues. But I did feel like I should have a place to refer my people to where I knew it would work and they were people of integrity and, you know, that sort of thing. So I searched for three years for a... Success, Changing Your Life program that worked. Uh, some were $30,000. Some were 20000 10000 I usually didn't have to pay that because they wanted me to refer my people to them. Some were books. Uh, some were online and free. All right, And I had a few other people around the world that were helping me test too. Well, at the end of three years, I could not find one that worked. Not one. And uh, I called a guy I knew who uh, ran the largest personal development company in North America and he said that this is the dirty secret of our entire industry. That we have a 97% failure rate, but from the 3% we get enough testimonials to make it appear like everyone's getting those results. Only we really believe that those 3% would have succeeded no matter what. It wasn't because of our program they succeeded. So really we're probably not helping much of anybody do much of anything. Okay? And I believe the reason for that is that basically what those programs teach is how to fail, not how to become successful. Now, they're not doing that on purpose. They don't realize that's what they're teaching, most of them. But they are, based on the science. Um, In in negative habits and addictions, there's, uh, Google it yourself, there's virtually a 99% relapse rate with all of them. Alcoholism, drugs, pornography, uh, any significant habit or addiction, anything where people are trying to change a pattern in their life from a negative to a more positive pattern, there's about a 99% relapse rate. My friend in the FBI for decades that I talked to after he retired said he learned two things in those decades with the FBI. Everybody lies and people don't change. Well, Here you go, people don't change. 99% relapse, 97% failure to change something in your life. He's right. And a lie detector test is a stress test. I'm not saying it's like a stress test. It is a stress test. That's what it is. Stress can be used as a lie detector, but every lie detector test is a stress test. Okay? And I believe uh, part of the reason for this is really lying to yourself and believing lies about yourself and every time you do that it pushes your stress button that's that's how they can use it as a lie detector because whenever you say something that's not what or think that's not what you believe is the truth it spikes your stress it Well, it it, it, pushes, it punches your stress, turns your stress on. If you're already stressed, which most people are based on the studies, then it spikes your stress. For how long? For as long as you have that goal. For as long as you're trying to make that change in your life. Okay? Um, so, there's the big time problem. Okay? Uh, we've been trying To do this, uh, most people maybe not for their relationship with God or a religious thing, and I don't consider what we're doing here a religious thing. I consider it a a church thing, but not a religious thing. I think those are two different things, all right? Uh, But either self help or the field of change or Uh, God, spirituality, religion, whatever, really all of those people are doing this every day. They're trying to choose a high road, they're trying to uh, change, they're trying to become a better version of themselves, they're trying to be more successful, less stress, more at peace, etc. Okay, this is not new. We've been trying to do this for a long, long time. And yet, here's our results still today. So, what? what's the deal? Why are we failing? Well, before we look at why and how we're failing and how to fix it, there is good news, alright? Proven possible outcomes of this, alright? Um, the largest study ever done on the human condition was done at Harvard University uh, I believe it's also the most expensive study ever done on the human condition. I think it cost $20, $25 million to do. Uh, over 75 years, thousands of participants. Okay, It's called the Harvard Grant Study. They published it in a book about this thick, which I think was a bestseller, uh, and the uh, culmination of their study, when they boiled everything down over those 75 years, thousands of subjects, 25 million dollars, the result was this, and it's a direct quote from Dr. Grant at Harvard who was the caretaker of the study. Happiness equals love, full stop. That was his conclusion. Four words. Happiness equals love, full stop. What does full stop means? End of discussion. Period. You don't need to consider anything else. Happiness, happiness equals love. Love equals happiness. That's it. That's the human condition secret. Okay? Uh, Is he the only one? No. Dr. Dan Gilbert, also at Harvard, who you see on TV a good bit these days. I had a little bit of personal interaction with him, just a little. Seems like a wonderful man, a fantastic professor, good researcher, Um, and he did a study also on the campus at Harvard and and wrote a best-selling book called Stumbling Into Happiness. And the end result of his research is expectations, here's an X, kills. Expectation kills. Expectations are a happiness killer, was his direct quote. Expectations are a happiness killer, okay? Um, And then Stanford Medical School The research of Dr. Bruce Lipton, a cellular biologist at Stanford Medical School. Now he's uh, out on the lecture tour, wrote a best-selling book uh, called The Biology of Belief. And what he found at Stanford is it is all about your beliefs. That the happiness, the love, the expectations, the expectations killing happiness, it's all about your beliefs that on a cellular level, every cell you have is either open or closed. If it's open, it's doing its job. It's reproducing. It's taking in nutrition and oxygen and uh, uh, energy and ions. It's eliminating toxicity. The uh, mitochondria inside the cell has plenty of energy to power that cell uh, the way it needs to function. It's cooperating with other cells around it. Okay, great cell, healthy cell. All right. Cell that is closed is not cooperating. It cannot get rid of its waste, so it starts to build up toxicity and it, it. starts to die because the mitochondria cannot get ions and energy from outside of the cell to power it to power the cell. So the cell starts to die and the odds skyrocket that that cell will manifest a disease gene that it never would have, could have manifested any other way. In fact, Dr. Lipton says that an open cell is impervious to illness and disease. Direct quote. Well, Dr. Lipton, what determines whether the cell is open or closed? Your beliefs. So, if your beliefs are, um, let's say, love-based and truthful, then you are able to to live and practice love, which means you're happy, okay? And if your beliefs are truthful and love-based, you do not have expectations, you have desires, and so it does not spike your stress and kill your happiness. So you do have happiness because you do not engage in expectation. All right? And I'll, I'll discuss that a little more, okay? But all of that is about what you believe. Change what you believe and you change whether the cells open or close. Change whether they open or close and your stress barrel empties and all of a sudden you're happy and living in love. So, it is possible Scientifically, medically, uh, double-blind studies done at Harvard University, okay, this is hard data. It is possible. So how do these two go together? That it is possible, but for 40-50 years we've had a 97% failure rate, 99% relapse rate. We all lie and almost no one ever changes, truly even though it is possible. What's the secret? How are we getting messed up so that we keep choosing the low road even if we want the high road? Okay? All right. Here's what I think. In order for a belief to be this kind of belief that leads to love, happiness, and success, a high road belief, and not a low road belief, which leads to failure, relapse, stress, uh, in disharmony with yourself, can't change, etc. Okay? Be- Belief in order to be this one instead of this one, that belief has to escape living by law because law is there for condemnation. Okay? All right. You don't really see the judge bang his gavel and say innocent. Okay? You see him bang his gavel and say "not guilty." But if there was no breaking of the law, if there was no one being hurt, if there was no one uh, taking advantage of someone else, there would be no need for law. Law is for the law breakers, okay? To rein them in, to keep them between the lines. All right. So law is not built. to declare innocence. Law is built to, com- to declare guilt. So for your belief to propel you to love and happiness, it has to escape from the law. Okay? Uh, there's natural law and there's supernatural law. And the one I'm talking about that it has to escape from is natural law. The supernatural really Scripture doesn't even call that law. It calls it a new covenant. It calls it a gospel. Uh, In Galatians 1 uh, Paul reprimanded them. He said, Who has bewitched you into believing another gospel? And what he was talking about is they were going back to the old law. To if I do good I get good, if I do bad I get bad and and i'm the culmination of my sin versus doing good uh scorecard okay that's i'm the sum of that all right well that's natural law and so to live here you're going to have to escape natural law because natural law whether it's um uh, what happens in nature or what happens in a courtroom with a judge is looking to condemn. Okay? It's, it's, it's negative focused. Let's get rid of the negative. It's not so much about let's produce the positive. Okay? Supernatural law or the new covenant or the new gospel that Paul was talking about not about that kind of law. It's about the covenant of love. It is about um, you're no longer under law. You're under grace. Okay? So if I can live in supernatural covenant and and Scripture says that means I'm not under law, I'm under grace, then I can have this outcome instead of this one and go on the high road and choose the high road probably a good percentage of the time internally. But it's not. But again, it's not about what I do right and what I do wrong. It's about what I believe. Okay? Now, I'm going to say something that um, has probably made my clients over the years More angry at me than anything else I've ever shared with them or challenged them with. And this is it: Um, you always do what you believe. Okay? You always do what you believe, one hundred percent of the time. You never do what you don't believe. Okay, let me let me explain. Uh, the reason my clients would get mad at me is because typically they are seeing me to stop one behavior that they consider to be negative and and. Um, lessening the quality of their life, and and they also want to create a new set of behaviors to make their life better. Okay, and when they tell me why they're here talking to me, they always they always tell me that. Okay, I'm here to stop this and to start that. Okay, that's what I'm here for. And then I tell them, well, the reason you're doing this thing that's bringing down your life and you can't stop doing it and you're living here, every time you try to fix it you relapse and you are not being able to live the life that you want to live. You're in disharmony with yourself. You're living one life out here, another one in here, and you can't change. Well, that's because of what you believe. In other words, let's say it was alcoholism that my client was talking to me about. And they've done inpatient and they've done outpatient. I've done a lot of work with uh, clients and things like that. Okay, let's say that's it. Um, Then I would tell them, you drink because you believe it is best for you to drink. And that's when they would get mad at me, okay? Are you crazy? I, I I hate that I drink. Every day, that's the battle of my life. Can I get through today without drinking? And it's like I'm hanging on by my fingernails as it goes, you know, 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6. And I'm struggling, wanting to go get that drink. But also, knowing I need to stop this if I'm going to have... Uh, love and happiness and my best life, okay? And you're sitting here, they're saying this to me, you're sitting here telling me that I want to drink? You're, you're crazy. I don't want to drink. That's why I'm here. I just can't stop. And my response to that would be that's impossible. It's impossible that you don't want to drink. If you did not want to drink, You would not be drinking. You always do 100% of the time what you believe, and you never do 0% what you do not believe. Now, here's here's how it works, okay? Your mind is monstrous. It is so huge and big, alright? They just recently increased Uh, scientists have the size of your mind by more than 10 times what they previously thought it was. And now they're saying the capacity of your mind is over a quadrillion bits, which is basically the capacity of the entire internet. Okay? And that that is memories passed down from your ancestry, especially trauma memories. Alright? right? Um, Sins of the father's memories, generational memories, ancestral memories. All right? Then you have unconscious memories, which come uh, from when you were a fetus to the first year or two of life. and, And you really can't remember a whole lot of that, most people. Okay? But it's in there and it's affecting things. All right? And those first few years of life, we're supposed to live on the low road. Alright? We're supposed to live in seek pleasure, avoid pain those first few years of life because that's when we're most likely to die accidentally. Okay? And, and um, seek pleasure, avoid pain is stimulus response, which is, I put my hand on the hot eye and I will never put it on the hot eye again after I do it once. Because I'm in seek, pleasure, avoid pain. That was extremely painful. Now that memory is prioritized over other memories to the point that if I even get close to a hot eye, I'm... uh, no, no, I'm not getting me again. If I was up here, I might very well do it again, or a third time, or whatever. So those first few years is to program us for all the danger Things and how to live in this physical natural world. All right. Now, that is a stressful way to live in your brain and nervous system. That's why the first few years of life you are in delta theta brainwave state, which protects you from the stress of living and seek pleasure, avoid pain. Literally, it, it's like, it's like, um, uh, a software program that just, as soon as the stress comes in, it deletes it. As soon as it comes in, it deletes it. Delta Theta is a non-stress brain state. And that's where we live during those early years. And then we never live there again. Because we're not supposed to need it. Because once we get to 6, 8, 10, 12, we're supposed to start choosing this road. And now I'm still not going to put my hand on the eye because I was programmed at three years old down here. All right? So I've got all that basic data I need to survive and live in the world without having to constantly worry that something's going to hurt me or even kill me. All right? But now I'm living by love, joy, peace, etc. That's that's how we're built, okay? So once we get to 6, 8, 10 or 12, And this is where we left off in the last session. Now it's all about the choice you make for today and another 20 times today in individual decisions. Okay? And I'm wanting to live here because this is the path that goes to here. To happiness, love, my best possible life. All right? Yeah, I want my best possible life. The problem is only about one person in a hundred that I have seen over 30 years once they got to 6, 8, 10, or 12 shifted to the high road. And 99 out of 100 just kept right going this same way. Whether they're 30, 60, 90 still on this path and wondering how come things aren't better. How come I've never been able to get there, okay? Um, So, my answer is you always do what you believe, you never do what you don't believe, but you can have multiple beliefs in your mind about the same issue, okay? When I was about five years old, I went into a five and dime and stole a candy bar. First thing in my life I can ever remember that I knew it was wrong and did it anyway. Alright? So, when I went into the Five and Dime it was not with the intention of stealing the candy bar. I was bored looking around, you know, knocking around in the summer. Uh, That that was it. Alright? But then when I go down the candy aisle, it starts to grab at me. Now, I promise you, I can remember this from when I was five in that Five and Dime. I had multiple beliefs about the candy bar. I absolutely had a belief that it was wrong for me to steal the candy bar. I did. But I also had a belief that, okay, but wait a minute. I can steal it and, and I don't think anybody will see me or catch me. I can enjoy this wonderful favorite candy bar of mine, and when I'm imagining enjoying it, it's like that candy bar is going to last 12 hours or something, and it's going to be the most unbelievable, um, edible experience of my life. And of course, that's a lie. It lasts 20 seconds and and it's very disappointing all right but but when i'm in the candy store that's what i'm thinking i'm imagining it's going to last so long and be so wonderful and and even though it is wrong i can confess and repent and god will forgive me so i, I what's the downside what's the downside okay so I had multiple beliefs about stealing the candy bar. Some say don't steal it. Some say do steal it. All right? But those are both beliefs, and they're both beliefs about the candy bar. And I probably had two or three other beliefs that were sort of in the middle of those. All right? So then I go back and forth. Okay, which belief? And then there comes a point where I'm too far in the quicksand with my thinking and imagining and I can't get away. And so I steal the candy bar. How does that happen? Well, I imagine eating the candy bar to the point that I'm tasting it in my mind. Okay? Once I take ownership of that, of, of having that wonderful taste and experience within the next 10 minutes. Once I take ownership of it in my mind, it's got me. I'm in the quicksand, and chances are I can't get out now. Okay? Um, your unconscious mind does not differentiate between past present, or future, it doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. It treats everything as 365 degrees, surround sound, raw experience, reality happening right now. So once I stood there in the candy aisle imagining that taste long enough, the belief that I can have my cake, repent, confess, and then every and then I had my cake and ate it too. That's the one I choose. I choose that belief, which is on the low road, with every intention, as soon as the candy bar is eaten, to come right back up here to the high road. Okay? And that's what I did. Only as soon as I ate the candy bar... Here comes the guilt and, and shame beating me over the head for stealing. And, uh, which I absolutely knew I should not do. Okay? And it's not right back up here. It's that I feel horribly guilty the rest of the day, maybe even the next day, maybe even the next day, and that, that the taste of the candy bar was nothing. I'd given, I would have given anything if I could go back and not have stolen it, okay? Because it was tearing me up inside, all right? So you always do what you believe. You never do what you don't believe, but you have multiple beliefs of the same thing. So if you keep drinking, even though you're trying not to drink and have a belief that you shouldn't drink, it means you have a belief also that you should This probably has some commonalities to my candy bar thing. Hey, I'll do it today and then I'll start winning back tomorrow. Okay? You ever heard that one? I'll start tomorrow. Um, The problem is, for most people, tomorrow never comes. And when they do try to do it tomorrow, they do it from this perspective, which is all about their own willpower, and they're going to lose. Okay. Because your unconscious mind is going to override your conscious intention to change because, yeah, our life may not be great, but at least we're surviving. If you make these changes, that's unknown. We, that might be better, but it might be worse. So we're voting to stay here and not make the change. You are not going to win that battle with your unconscious mind just by your willpower. Okay? It's not strong enough. That's why there's a 99% relapse, 97% failure rate right? because these are based on willpower. Okay? And your willpower is not strong enough. What does it need to be based on? Your beliefs. And, and you're probably going to have to change some beliefs. Um, let me wrap this up. The purpose of the old law was so that sin would increase, not decrease. Why would would God do that? The more sin, the more you try. The harder you try or give up. But whichever one of those happens, either trying harder with your willpower or giving up, it means pain. More pain. So the more sin, the more pain. The more pain, The more searching, unless you choose to give up. And sometimes that's good, because in the giving up you hit bottom, and then after you hit bottom you can come back up all the way. Sometimes hitting bottom is what that person needed for years, but people just kept keeping them from hitting bottom, when really that's what needed to happen. But the more pain, the more searching. Okay. The more searching, the more truth you find, which turns into belief. The word integrity means to believe, to find, and believe the whole truth. All the stuff going on in the world today, the Black Lives Matter, the, the gender issues, politics. is Man, people hate each other over politics, okay? All these things are about beliefs, okay? And, and different people have different beliefs, okay? So how do you get to the right belief for a particular situation. You've got to keep searching for the truth until you have found all of the truth or as close to it as you can. And then, in God's wisdom, you weigh all that truth with an open mind and heart as you can, Okay, because everyone has biases, but with as open a mind and heart as you can until you find the belief that is true, that leads to love, happiness, that gets rid of physical, external, circumstantial expectations, and lives in the present and love appear, regardless of whether that means more pain or less pleasure. Alright. So the more searching, the more truth, the more truth, the more likely you're going to get the love and happiness secret belief. And I'm going to go into some of what I think that is. Uh, The parable of the sower, one of my favorite parables. And in in that parable, there's a guy sowing seed. And some of it goes on, you remember the story, some of it goes on rich soil, some of it rocky soil, some there's thorns that'll choke it out. And one of the things said toward the end of that parable is that if the evil one comes, and the evil one's kind of portrayed maybe as a bird here, if the evil one comes and grabs that seed and takes it away before it can be understood, that's the word the parable uses, before it can be understood, then it will never take root and grow into fruit. So the key to belief is understanding the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Okay. Um, The whole point of this life, I think, and, and the whole point of all this was never about guilt and innocence. Remember, Paul says, you know, he asked the question, was Abraham justified by what he did old law or because he believed. And then he answers his own question. He was justified by what he believed. Because he believed. Not by what he did. The point was never guilt or innocence. The point was never the old law. Okay? Remember that was plan B. God knew it wouldn't work before he ever did it. He already had grace. Grace was already done to the Father. Before, Jesus was the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So, in the mind of God, Jesus was crucified before the old law, which was to cause more sin, was ever even put in place. But then Paul says under that old law, people were justified by believing not by what they did. They thought it was by what they did. Not in God's mind and heart. It was Because they believed. So, this whole thing has never been about guilt and innocence. God knew we couldn't do it right and had that solved from the very first. All right? The whole point was about believing. Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. shall be saved. Period. Talks about at Pentecost. Says that they were pricked in their hearts. What does that mean? It's the parable of the sower. It means the evil one did not steal the seed of the word and the truth and the gospel away. They heard it. They heard that truth. It resonated in them to the point that they understood. When they understood, they acted. And it says, you know, they were baptized. There were thousands of people joining that church Uh Unbelievable. They were sharing what they had with each other so that everyone's needs were met. They added to the numbers daily and it was all about believing that Jesus was the Son of God and committing their life to Him and to love, which Jesus said it was all about. So did John, so did Paul, so did God. Um, It's everywhere. Scripture's a love letter, right. Um... But the point is being pricked in your heart to find the whole truth, or as close as you can to it, about your situation, looking at it objectively, trying to do it without your bias, praying to be able to do that, and continuing to look at that truth in a searching, open way, until you understand it. When you understand it, you're pricked in your heart and you now have a belief that's going to lead to this kind of action and behavior rather than this kind. And not because of your willpower, because the belief has changed. And you always do what you believe, you never do what you don't believe. So, this choice you need to choose belief and love like brushing your teeth. Don't just let them happen to do whatever they do, your your beliefs and living in love, okay? Don't just go through the day and say, all right, um, we'll just see what happens with, with belief and love. No, 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 no. Uh, it, have an intention every day to recommit Okay? I am recommitting to live in love in the present moment as best I can today with God empowering me. Okay, That's the Isaiah passage. Wait on the Lord and exchange your strength for His and you will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. You will mount on wings of eagles. Okay, It's not about my willpower. It's about exchanging my strength for supernatural strength and now I can I can quit drinking. Now I can not take the candy bar. I can be the same person in here and out here. I can live here instead of the hamster wheel here. Now you're always going to have pain. You're always going to mess up and fall That's no problem because it's never been about guilt or innocence. Okay? The judge doesn't say you're innocent. The judge says you're guilty or not guilty, or maybe you're guilty but we're going to give you mercy. God says you're innocent. And so, it is not about guilt or innocence for you because you are innocent. Period. By in God's eyes, in God's book, by God's plan of grace, through Jesus, etc. So you need to start practicing love and believing the truth and seeking the truth until you have the whole truth and understanding it until you're pricked in your heart about that thing and now you're ready to, to take another step up in your life. But you need to practice it like brushing your teeth every day, no matter what happens. I'm going to start a prayer in the morning, end it at night. I'm going to talk to God all day long. I'm going to think about what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise as best I can. Yeah, I'm going to try to do right and not wrong, but I realize it's not in my power. It's his power working through me. Uh, And I know it's not about law and sin that's been taken care of. That is is always about condemnation and I've already been declared innocent and no condemnation for me. Okay? So, that means I'm free from the law. And when you're free from the law, you're free from fear, you're free from death. Doesn't mean you won't physically die, but it means... You will have life here, and then you will have life forever after here. Okay? So, that's what the choice comes down to, is what do you believe? And if you are making the wrong choices and keep ending up here, I guarantee you it's because you have wrong beliefs and you have to seek and find the whole truth and there's going to be a couple of truths you find that show you, oh, that belief I had was never the truth. I, I, that was not a truthful belief. That was a, a, a lie or untruthful. Okay. And then you integrate that in and you understand. And when you understand, you're pricked in your heart. When you're pricked in your heart, you have a new belief and you can live a new way. Okay? Now, in the next session, I'm going to go farther with this. Like, okay, so how do I find my wrong beliefs and change them, and how do I decide what beliefs I need to create new beliefs, positive ones that are here, how do I figure that out? And then how do I do it, alright? That's what I'm going to hopefully share next next time, okay? So. Please pray and meditate on this, especially this. The whole point was never about guilt or innocence. Never was. And is not today. That's all been taken care of. Which means, if you're living under that law of guilt or innocence, you're here and you're experiencing negative feelings, emotions, beliefs, actions and behaviors, probably on a hamster wheel kind of thing. You've tried multiple times to change. It's never really worked long term, etc. Okay? Well, I believe there is a way that you cannot be living here and have right, truthful beliefs live predominantly in love, it'll never be completely in this world, and for the most part live here. In love, happiness, success. Your best possible life. So, next week, and I'm gonna mark this to remind myself, next week, how to do in practicality. Alright, so I hope that makes some sense. Uh, I hope you will pray and meditate on some of these things. Remember we ended the last one with you've got to know who you are and where you are in order to decide where to go. Okay? Let me make a note about that too. Who and where. And next week we'll also talk about how to definitively, in detail, know, not think, or believe, not just believe, but to that the kind of belief where you are pricked in your heart Know who you are and where you're going in a way that empowers you to do that. Okay? So that's where we're going next week. How to do it in practicality and um, how to determine at any given time who you are, where you are, where you need to go, and how to get there. So um, have a wonderful, wonderful blessed day and hope to see you next week.